Welcome to the Blockdown Podcast, brought to you by EOK Digital, the number one blockchain PR and communications agency. Every week, we're sharing pearls of wisdom about the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency. Don't forget to subscribe and review our podcast so we can bring you even more great content. Next, we have our first fireside chat with a very special guest. Here to moderate that fireside chat, he was formerly the CBDO of Toma Chain, which is Southeast Asia's largest public blockchain, and his 15-year professional career spans across seven con uh, co countries as a technology entrepreneur and management consultant for startups. Please welcome the COO of Minterest uh, Finance and the moderator of this one, Kin Chatuveri. Joining Kin, he's an Elon Musk fanboy, a blockchain and crypto veteran since 2011, an armchair economist, social, uh, uh, psychologist, and technologist with a heavy emphasis on equality, liberty, and resistance to uh, entrenched systems. He's an impatient futurist. Please welcome Put your virtual hands together for Dylan Duen, and uh, yeah, take it away, boys. The first fireside chat. Awesome. Hey, how's everybody doing? I mean, I don't know how we live up to that. Uh, how we live up to that intro? That presentation um, was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel really hyped up, and I wanted um, Ken. I wanted this to be an actual fireside chat, so. Although you're oh, the moderator and you should have, you should have brought the, the fire. I, Thank uh, you so I much, Dylan. Yeah, I hope I, I hope I hope I brought the fire in. I'll bring the fire more than one way uh, for the presentation. I, I feel the, the fireside today. Warm today, Dylan. Thank you so much. And, and you know, I have I really have the ultimate pleasure in being able to interview you on this. You know, as the CEO of Kylan Network. You know, we've been working together for on and off for the last several months. So you know, it really is such an honor. Uh, to be doing this. And, you know, so I thought maybe, um, you know, what we could do is really dial in, you know, let's, uh, you know, we had that beautiful video package, but maybe we could start off just kind of giving a, a brief on what Kylan really is before we kick off and talking about, you know, about data and how data is the new oil. Absolutely. So um, it was a really good segue, that video, actually, because it, it, it kind of frames um, the overall context for which, you know, we're building Kylan, which is, um, although we're, you know, kind of this narrative is uh, cropped up around us being sort of like Polkadot, Oracle, and things like that, um, it, it's it's sufficient for for um, what we do, or it's it's rather it's not sufficient for for what we do. I think we do so much more, um, and we have sort of this broader vision of trying to accelerate uh, the world's transition to D-data, in other words, in other words, to decentralized data systems. Um, becoming, uh, for lack of a better word, a thing. Uh, and, and, and I think what that means for us is that uh, in the same way that DeFi sort of unlocked and operationalized traditional financial instruments for crypto, um, we see D-data unlocking and operationalizing um, data for that, that's been sort of locked up in, in different silos throughout um, sort of in the, in the past, uh, in, in, historically. Um, so we think that, we think that this holds great promise. Um, and, uh, and I think that that's, uh, a really worthy vision for us because it's going to 
I think unlock a lot of value for individuals and companies uh, alike. Uh, the best way to conceptualize Kylan then is um, sort of it's like a it's like a cross between um, three different um, projects that that people may know of. Um, so the first would be Chainlink and, and Oracle, where we're taking off chain information, getting it on chain. The second would be more like the graph, where we're building querying functions. Um, and the third would be uh, more like Ocean Protocol, where we're setting up the context for a decentralized data marketplace. No, that's real, that's actually really cool. And I think, you know, one thing we were talking about earlier, and as you've mentioned with Kylan is, you know, when it comes to information, it comes to data, when we think about blockchains themselves, they've really been siloed entities, right? I mean, they're not able to talk to each other, not able to get access to outside information. Um, and, you know, right now, when it comes to the Oracle space, that's really growing. Um, you know, it, we're finally able to, you know, these blockchains are growing arms and legs, they're able to finally walk around, they're not and they're able to communicate with each other. Um, and, you know, so when we think about, you know, what oracles are actually providing, getting access to this outside information, which has really been powering DeFi so far, uh, we're also seeing, you know, a lot of players coming into the space. There's so many oracles launching and even the older ones, which are kind of evolving uh, incredibly. So I guess, you know, when we think about the overall oracle landscape, you know, what, how do you kind of, how do you think through this? How do you make up kind of this oracle landscape today? You know, what, what goes through your mind? So I think I think wherever you see a use case in crypto, you're going to see a, a ton of product um, crop up around it. Uh, and Oracle services are sort of one of the few real use cases that are generating um, revenue. Uh, uh, and, and that's a rare thing in crypto. It is, right? <laughs> um, so the, I mean, the, the major use case of crypto so far has been um, speculation right and um and only more recently have we seen um sort of the, the these composite um products kind of come out as a or uh, products come out as a result of composite uh situations and circumstances so you know we have these traditional financial instruments that uh, are or uh, in DeFi, we we we've got these uh, functionalities that are reminiscent of traditional financial instruments like yield, um, but 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 with uh, oracles, um, you know, it's like a, it's a use case, and and whenever there's a use case uh, in crypto, it's like it's quite a rare thing, and everybody wants to jump on top of it. Um, so I think that you know, I think just just having a real product market fit. Um, is probably one of the more uh, one of the bigger reasons behind so many oracles um, coming, you know, to the fore, especially in the last year. But there have been, <clears throat> I mean, the the idea behind um, the idea behind solving the oracle problem is actually quite old. Like it's not it's that's that's not really like a a new idea. Um, it it needed to be the the way that it's been solved and the way that it's been solved in a remunerative way. Um, uh, has been necessary because of, of DeFi and that composite circumstance. Um, so I think that, so I think that, um, as we move forward though, I, I really see sort of the price feeding use case of oracles as being a bit more commoditized as time goes on. Like I don't, I, I think it's just sort of the leading edge of a number of different um, use cases above and beyond just price feeding for DeFi. Like I, I very much see us in, <clears throat> I call it like the selling books phase of Amazon, um, 
where you know there's going to be this is just sort of like the selling books phase of Amazon, the price feeding Oracle services. In, in my view, um, I think there are, are, there are going to be um, a, a huge number of different use cases, uh, of which price feeding Oracle services are just one. But right now, it's 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 really hot, uh, so I think there's a lot of attention and interest to it. Yeah, that's a, it's a really good point. I mean, um, you know, when we, until today, you know, we, when we started looking at kind of price feeds, that really became the entire space for us. We're like, okay, what can provide um, us with the best price feed data, the most decentralized, uh, the highest quality? How can we get it, uh, you know, how can we get get it sourced perhaps most inexpensive, in the most inexpensive way? Um, and so, you know, it, it really did empower the entire DeFi economy um, because we ended up relying so much on this external data. But then we also kind of got a bit maybe caught up in terms of the idea that perhaps is price feed, is that really the only thing that we can really go after? Um, I know that, uh, you know, with some of the other uh, oracles in the space, they've been looking at data feeds in, in other areas, whether it's, you know, temperature information, weather information, um, and they're trying to find new use cases for that. Um, but of course, you have to kind of make sure you're finding enough sources. You need to make sure it's decentralized enough. You're able to then feed it in the right way. But you know, the the kind of the one of the questions then is really when we think beyond price uh, and price feeds, external price feeds. When we think about the data, and I think you've been calling it D data. Uh, what does that really represent? What? How do we think about D data? And and what are some perhaps some of the other uh, lower hanging fruits to look at because as you said yeah right now you're like in Amazon selling books back in the 90s now if we think about more areas what does that mean how how can you how can we contextualize that yeah and i want to i want to under <clears throat> i guess i want to like underline this and say that the the examples that i can present to you are in no way um, satisfactory for you know the number of examples or the the sorts of solutions that will end up coming to the fore in the next two or three years, um, and I and I think it will take that time frame to to develop, which may seem like long for people in crypto, but it's actually quite short, I think, for an entirely new paradigm to develop. And I'm a big believer in um, this concept of Ray Kurzweil's, which is the law of accelerating returns. So. Bitcoin has taken you know 12 years to to kind of effloresce, and really I'd say it it it, 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 it like a few years ago. Ethereum, this concept of smart contracts, took about half as much time um, from 2015 until till now. Um, NFTs took maybe a couple years um, from a conceptual imperative to being in practice, and I do expect that. Um, the, the next wave of crypto to be actually focused in, within this D-data um, kind of conceptual framework. So I really only think it's gonna be a couple of years before um, a lot of this, you know, a lot of these use cases above and beyond price feeding start becoming operational because um, the, 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 the reasoning behind it makes so much sense in, in, the, in the sense that like, hey, I've got a, I've got a company I've got a project and I have access to all this data and it's just sort of sitting idle there. It's like a crypto asset. It's like to, to make this really present for a lot of the crypto oriented viewers, it's like holding BTC, you know, for three or four years. Um, crap, man, I wish I, I wish I could get some yield on that. That, that would have been great, right? 
so so the concept of D data is just yielding yielding the value of your data, right? Like over time, at least it's in terms of how you could uh, punch it into a, like a value uh, layer framework like Kylin or there. Are, I mean, we're uh, not the only one, and I don't ever expect that we'll be the only one that are within this umbrella of DDAT. I mean, Chainlink very much is is a part of that. I think uh, Ocean Protocol, Oasis Labs. Um, there's a lot of people working, uh, a lot of great minds working on this problem. Um, but I, but anyway, I just want to underline all that because I think it's useful to to, to underline. But I think that uh, some of the really, really cool use cases that I talk about with partners um, and I talk about with people that I, that gets that get people like, oh, my God, that's, that's really cool, man, <laughs> um, is uh, one, one is one is a little farther out, perhaps. Um, but I really like the idea of tokenizing your genomic data. A lot of people don't realize, you know, you do a swab, you send it off to 23andMe. Um, a lot of people don't realize like half their business line is actually selling your genomic data to researchers. Um, there's some interesting kernel or interesting little wrinkles in this business where, you know, if you have, if you have an interesting uh, genome, you know, you're worth a little bit more to researchers than people have <laughs> less interesting genome. Um, paradoxically, if you have more, you know, problems, unfortunately, perhaps, uh, or pathologies, you know, that's actually more attractive to researchers. Um, so, so anyway, you could set up the context for tokenizing your genomic data, uh, individuals selling that, um, you know, is it the, the, I think I read somewhere the average, um, cost of your, of your genome is, is like $20 or something, which may not seem like a huge amount, but, um, theoretically the, then the total addressable market of genomic data would be like $140 billion times that by the number of people approximately on the earth. Um, so that's pretty neat. Um, the other, the other example that I think is a little bit more, um, low hanging fruit would be, for example, flight insurance settlements. So say I'm, I'm building like a flight insurance DAO. Um, I get a lot of people to pay in a stable coin to that DAO, uh, on a monthly basis. Um, and, uh, get that contract live. I divert a percentage of that contract, obviously to ops and DevOps and perpetuity or something just to make sure that it's, you know, it can run. Um, and the rest goes to a settlement pool. Uh, so people submit their flight info. It's very seamless or the rather flight info gets submitted. They see, Oh, my flight is late. I get automatically paid to my crypto wallet. That's just like one really interesting example. Um, there are other examples you could have, uh, for example, a really, um, valuable price feed, or, sorry, a really valuable data feed for, could be weather reports, right, um, that are funneled through uh, various weather reports, uh, election outcomes, blockchain voting is like a really horrible idea, but you can validate uh, a vote or you can validate an election. That might be interesting. So you can feed thousands of local um, election results through an API feed and then validate that on our system. Um, that has obvious importance above and beyond any monetary value. Um, and especially in the era of us not being sure about results um it might be an extra kind of uh bulwark against our, our cushion against some of our, our worst impulses um so yeah these are all these are all like really interesting use cases above and beyond price feeding in this overall d data umbrella and and i think we've obviously we get focused on price feeding because this is the world we're living in um and it's really but yeah, yeah sorry, sorry go ahead 
No, no, I mean, you're absolutely correct. And that's, you know, sometimes we, we get a little narrow vision on that, uh, you know, in terms of a little myopic in terms of what does Glinkin actually, what can actually data do. Um, and I think that's a very interesting idea. I think what you're, you're talking about kind of milestone-based activation when a certain event occurs, um, when you're streaming data, um, you know, a certain other act, uh, a certain other action takes place. Uh, um, I think one thing you were talking about the other day to me was, you know, even for something simple, like when, um, you know, a vesting period or something like that for, for a token, uh, when it reaches a certain market cap, you can end up, you know, at that point in time, you can unlock certain bonus tokens for, for investors. Um, so you can like look at, you can look at information in a, in a very different way. And when you're talking about even on the, in the healthcare side, um, you know, a, a couple of years ago, we were, I was working for, um, I was consulting for a firm, um, a diagnostics firm, and uh, what they were doing, they have so much, so much healthcare data, and they wanted to anonymize it, and then to be able to provide that uh, on the blockchain in a, sort of a decentralized way, but they didn't really know how to bring it to market. And you know, this is back in 2017, um, it was quite a while ago. And um, it, it, was, it was one of the things that they were like, how do we, how do we actually make this actionable? Um, how do we create a marketplace around this? And this is uh, obviously something that even you have been thinking about, and I know that you know some of the projects that you've also been you know possibly part you know, looking to partner with are really kind of data uh, data marketplaces. I think you know like big data protocol is I think one one group I think you've been kind of talking to and things like that. Um, how do you? So I, I guess when we think about like the evolution of data. Uh, as oil, I think is something you said, right? Um, how do you think about, I guess, you know, the marketplaces, data marketplaces, and you know, how do you see that kind of feeding into, you know, the future of whether it's oracles or kind of the work that you see kind of Kylan doing? Yeah, um, yeah. As you're talking, I'm just like my mind is spinning because, um, I so I think that, I think that the I think all this stuff happens as a as a from the conceptual framework. It's like a composite, right? Like you, 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 you can't get to this stuff until the, the rails are, are created. Like, so, so I've, a lot of this stuff has been conceptual. like, uh, this is not a new idea to tokenize a, a genome, right? As, as crazy as it maybe perhaps sounds to some people's ears. Um, the idea has been around for two or three years, but there's been no context um, to, to, to sort of like for them, there's been no marketplace to buy and sell genomic data in a P2P way, right? Um, similar to, so the vision always precedes, like the the vision always like precedes the context, right? I like I want to build a building, but it, there's a swamp in front of me. Um, you can't, you, you have to like, you have to raise the, the ground, you have to level things, you, you know, you have to have uh, all these other vendors to provide you the materials, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm like going off topic from your question, but I think, or, so I just, I think that all this really happens as a composite. Um, and right now what's happening is the rails, in my opinion, are being built for that type, those types of operations to take place between um, between uh, entities that want to uh, that want to basically buy and sell data, right? And 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 this becomes like a line item for uh, for for various projects. Um, I see enterprise, you know, like if 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 I'm a if I have if I'm an insurance company and I have a flight insurance product, and then all of a sudden some 
upstart guy built a, you know, a group or girls like, or whatever, non-gender identifying build, you know, something um, on a DAO, right. That completely disrupts what I'm up to. I'm probably going to want to get out in front of that. So I do see us um, potentially making uh, a lot more connections with an enterprise um, as time goes on where we say, Hey, like, would you like to get some rev gen from, you know, data that's just like going back again, that's just sitting idle um, within your, you know, and, and, and there are all sorts of like interesting ways that this ends up becoming a common good where, for example, in um, gene therapy, a lot of cancer patients now are getting customized treatments based on their genetic profile, right? Um, you know, and you can start you can start thinking about how valuable that is to to people, right? Like if if uh, if I if I know, for example, um, that a certain drug mix or therapeutic mix works well with you know this person's genome as opposed to any others, that's good information to have, right? Um, so yeah, th these are all these are all ideas that that kind of come to mind when we're talking about this, and it always makes me think of. Um, like 20, like late 2014, when Bitcoin people said like the theory, like a programmable smart, like a programmable blockchain is really dumb. Like there's no point to it um, because they're only you're only thinking of like that first you know use case, and that first use case was Bitcoin and money, right? And 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 all the stuff that comes after, like it just seems like this is never gonna work because you know, how do we unlock this data? Nobody wants to sell this data. How do we determine what it's worth? We don't know. Let's, I mean, we're, I think this is all going to be really rapidly figured out. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. It's, it's, I mean, initially it does take a little bit of time, but um, there, there's a point where um, it'll just become a no brainer. And I guess maybe that's, it, it's sort of part of that, uh, the entire, um, you know, when we think about the adoption of technology of sorts, right? I mean, you're going from, um, you know, we were kind of in an innovator early adopter phase. You have to kind of get into the cross that chasm, bringing on more enterprises, bringing on more end users to kind of eventually kind of reach that point where you um, you have uh, this momentum kind of building forward. And you were talking about building building rails. We don't really have those rails as of yet with this other data. So um, maybe you know hypothetically, when we think about that, what do you think it's going to take to start to build these rails into these other areas of you know data demand essentially you know do we do you need to look at targeting specific enterprises specific industries um you know or do you do you need to make like you know more friendly apis what what is what, what are the, the the next set of steps that you see in order to kind of create those rails and kind of move that adoption forward so that um decentralized data that's being provided uh is actually considered to be useful and in, in demand yeah. Um, well, I actually, I mean, I, I, I already think that um, D data is happening right now. It's just happening under the guise of um, of oracles, right? Uh, and 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 uh, so I think that it's already it's already happening. Um, and I think that we can look at the the value um, created uh, at, from from that as as a great example to hearken to when we're having other, you know, conversations. And I think it's a great, it's a great parallel. Um, in terms of, you know, actually practically, how does this look? Well, we have, in, we have conversations with various innovation departments. Um, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that um, we can make better um, connections between different D-Data uh, projects. 
so that we can have some sort of consortium um, that we can push forward this idea, uh, whether it's Kylan or whether it's, you know, or, or anybody else, I think everybody benefits um, from, from this, because uh, we're, we're just in a very like early stage of this, but I think it's going to rapidly develop. Um, I think the low hanging fruit definitely are things that are more um, autom uh, automatable. Um, I don't even think that's a word, um, but, but uh, you know, or, or, or more like flight insurance DAO, I think is probably, I, I mean, there are, there are some uh, projects kind of working on it right now um, that I know of. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of that is operational within like a year and a half. And once, once, once um, enterprise sees you know, these things operational or sees money coming in or um, a customer success story where they're like, oh my God, this is so cool. I just, I just did this in my wallet. I, I like, it'll be on TikTok and they'll say like, this is how it works. Like, uh, and I just got it and it just came into my crypto wallet or whatever wallet, like whatever the back ending is. And then that's when everything happens, right? Like that's when, um, that's the point at which everybody goes, aha, and it makes sense. And I don't want to lose money. I want to make money. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah. And I think that, I think it's, that's really how it kind of practically happens. Um, <clears throat> and in the meantime, you know, obviously our, our role with Kylan is we try to kickstart a lot of these conversations. We try to get people, Oracle programmers coming onto our network to build cool Oracle scripting parameters and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. You know, I mean, certainly, you know, automated um, makes it much easier. I mean, you know, the, one of the things when we when we think about um, external use cases for uh, for oracles or blockchain technology in general, are you able to solve uh, uh, a real pain point? And can you? And, and one of those key pain points is cost, right? So, um, you know, you've been talking about things like you know automated settlements of you know when you're talking about like, say insurance or you know issues around you know flights. Um, and you know, there's a there's a whole set of paperwork, calls, emails. There's so much that takes place in order to kind of have this entire settlement done, including disputes. Um, and uh, the moment that you're able to then look at that entire cost structure, what does that cost a company to do? And even the pain of the actual customer itself. And if you can minimize that to nothing, um, all of a sudden you're adding a, a lot of value there. And I think this is this is this is. Um, a key area, whether it's the airline industry, um, whether it's hotels, uh, the healthcare profession, you know, where is it that you can just find something and just say, you know what, I'll automate this and I'll just reduce that pain point entirely and a huge cost aspect of that. So um, you know, that's, certain, that's, certainly, that's certainly a good way of thinking about it. Um, and I guess, you know, as you're, you're talking about uh, uh, this consortium, I guess, group of people that are kind of gathering data together, uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what what is uh you know what exactly is going on on, on that front? What's the you know the purpose of kind of you know having a consortium and gathering data and, and sharing that data? How do you how do you see that uh, playing into all of this? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be. I think if, for this to all work, it's it's going to be incumbent upon um, upon every player in the D data ecosystem to figure out whether it's, you know, whether we kind of like make ourselves figure it out or whether it organically happens, some sort of standard. Um, and, and I think that once that standard happens, uh, things will be a, a bit more, will happen a bit more quickly. Um, you know, I, I, won't, I won't pretend and say, we're hoping that we become, you know, a, a bit of a standard. Um, and, and, 
but but I think that um, from the from the source from the from the side of like figuring out and sharing um, premium data feeds and things like that, um, I think that I think that those that would be a good idea. Um, whether like regardless of the platform, uh, I think data feeders will will probably people who possess or entities who possess great data feeds will want to probably monetize that and it'll probably go to the best, you know, wh wherever they feel that they're best um, uh, rewarded. Um, so, so, you know, what we've tried to do at Kylan is set up the context for, you know, I, I really say we're more of a game theoretical company than a, a, a technology company. So in the sense that we were an incentivization company, um, more than anything, uh, and I think that um, that's that's really what it comes down to. So, well, when you think about from incentives, you mean I think you're you've been utilizing your community to kind of build out unique price feed data, or you're incentivizing to kind of build things out on on Kylan Network. Is that is that correct? I mean, how how? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, we obviously we can't kickstart. I mean, the the use cases above and beyond price feeding are only limited by two things. It's, or they they only need two things. Can it be represented in zeros and ones? And um, and what's sorry, what's the second thing? I, this is an early morning for me in my part of the world. <laughs> no can they be represented by? Uh, but can they can they be can they be represented um, by uh, zeros and ones? And uh, are they are they uh, are they are they able to get on chain and in, in sort of like in this in this way that is callable, right? Like, is, does it exist? You know, out there to call on chain and API. Um, and so having those are the only two features that you know you really need so it, we want to leave it up to the imagination of like we can't do every single use case so we've in, you know we've figured out a number of um, parameters to reward people who are either data feeding or um, or setting up an oracle scripting parameter uh, so they get paid um, in perpetuity for example uh, for setting up an Oracle scripting parameter uh, that a lot of people use. Uh, that's a really great idea, we think. So, yeah, I know we're getting low on time, though. So I want to tie this off somehow. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Yeah, we are actually, I guess, yeah. like, low on time. So I guess, you know, um, maybe uh, dial in when you, when we, I guess just to tie things up, when we think about uh, data on the blockchain, um, you know, moving forward, maybe from Kylie's perspective, how do you see the next six to eight months kind of rolling out? Obviously, you know, with Polkadot Network, maybe taking a little time to get launched. I know you're also going kind of cross-chain, but how do you see yourself and, and Kyle in the next year uh, when it comes to on the data side and the Oracle side and anything else that you're building out? So, yeah, I, I see us. Uh, obviously, we are hooking into the price feeding Oracle stuff. Like, that's that's low-hanging fruit for us, and we're providing that to a lot of our partners. Um, we're able to do that. Um, we think a, at a magnitude decrease in cost based on being Polkadot, which is, is awesome, very bullish about Polkadot we're building there. Um, and then I think in the next six to 12 months, we're going to start seeing these use cases actually operational above and beyond price feeding. So um, I would not be surprised if there's an Oracle scripting parameter that ends up getting developed. You know, for example, we talked about the flight insurance style, um, could totally happen. All right, great. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dylan, for. Yeah, for letting me host you here and um it's been again it's a pleasure been and uh so yeah. thank you yeah thank th and thank everybody for uh, for participating and watching this session um it's been it's been fun
Thank you, likewise. And thank you so much to uh, Block Down. It's not every day I get that we get the opportunity to speak to so many people. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Block Down podcast. To connect with us on social media, buy tickets for the next Block Down event, or find out more about EAK Digital, Head to the show notes for further information and links to everything. See you next week.